a quarter. Don't know what to call you. 5 p.m. Chapel Lane. Church will do. Let's pray as we open up God's Word. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are a God who speaks. That you are a God who speaks light into darkness. You're a God who hasn't left us by ourselves to work out who you are, but you've revealed yourself. Father, tonight we pray that by your Spirit in our hearts, you would be turning darkness to light. That we might love Jesus more than ever before. And we pray that in his name. Amen. I need you to help me with the first line. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Very good. We know verse 1. Well done. I wonder how many of us know verse 2. Anyone want to have a crack? The earth was without form and void. What uh, translation is that? Authorized version. There we go. NIV 2011. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And I wonder if it's ever occurred to you that that's a problem. Not a problem for the Bible, but a problem for our world. That darkness was over the face of the deep. For the average Hebrew, three and a half thousand years ago, when Genesis was written, that was a terrifying thought. Because the deep was a place of mystery, the deep was a place of chaos, and darkness over the deep meant that we can't see that, and we don't know what's coming, and that's scary. It's a picture of uncertainty, it's a picture of insecurity. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. We're partway through a series called Modern Problems, Ancient Solutions. And the thrust of the series is this. There are some problems in our world for which we don't have great answers for. And so we are turning to the Scriptures to see what God says. As Cam uh, helped us with before, we're thinking tonight about the search for security, that desire to feel safe, that no matter what happens, no matter what comes our way, we're secure, we're safe, we're Okay. Now, to help that, I need to introduce you to my box. Uh, perhaps more specifically, this is Youth Ministries' box. This is a box that Terry built. Uh, he's in the, uh, the room tonight. Half of Norwest is what Terry built. And um, when I first started at Norwest a few years ago, I was trying to put my shoe, myself in the shoes of uh, youth parents who were dropping their kids off for the first time. And uh, it might not occur to you at this time of year, but you get into winter and you're reminded when you come to church in the evening that sometimes it gets dark at Norwest Anglican, right? And so I was trying to picture that parents coming up Chapel Lane, turning into the driveway and then just seeing acres of darkness with a dimly lit building vaguely in the distance and then clandestine groups of teenagers in suspicious conversations lurking around the site and I thought, you know what, I'm not sure every parent wants to drop off their teenager at this dark site. So we've got a banner made with a, bat, with a logo and things, and uh, we've got three security lights. That's not a perfect solution, but there's light in the darkness. So that hopefully, parents know that they're dropping their children off somewhere safe. They can feel secure about where their kids are, about where your kids are, for a lot of you. 
because that's what light does. It helps us feel safe. It gives us visibility and it gives us security. After all, why do you have a security light on your garage door or in your front yard or in the stairwell of your unit block? Because light brings visibility. Light brings security. We feel okay when we're walking in the light. Without that, we're left with darkness, and darkness scares us. When you were a kid, when did you get scared? Maybe still, when do you get scared? It was in your bedroom late at night. You don't know what's in the cupboard. Or single women, when do you really not want to get public transport home? My guess is when it's dark. When a horror movie's shot. When it's dark. Because the darkness breeds in us that worry and that insecurity. Now, you might say, well, we've got lights now, Tim, so is this really still a modern problem? But you've probably worked out that light is more than just lights. I don't think many of us could watch the news and say that our world is full of light. We might rather say that it's a dark place with shadowy characters and hidden motives. And we want criminals to be revealed when people misbehave we say it is a dark day for the Australian cricket team for the Canary Bulldogs for the Liberal Party for the Labor Party for whoever's misbehaved this time darkness is that word it's that theme that we go for when we're ashamed of the world that we live in because we know that our world was made for more than that Our hearts are perhaps best described by the motto of the city of Geneva in the early 16th century, post tenebras spero lucem. After the darkness, I hope for light. And we look at the world around us and we see the pain and we see the heartache and we see the worry and we go, I hope that there's something better after this. My goal today is to help us see that God himself is the solution to our problem. For our problem of of darkness and insecurity, God is our light. Three refuges where we find security. The God who is light, the Son who is light, and then the walk that is light. So first up, the God who is light. Open up to Genesis 1. If you've got your Bible there, that'll be helpful for us. We left it when we were in uh, verse 2, darkness over the surface of the deep. And as we think about this, as we read along in our Bibles, I want to imagine uh, that we're sitting there with Moses. We've been wandering out around the desert, waiting for our entrance into the promised land. And we're sitting down with Moses around the campfire at night with the little Hebrew boys and girls. And they say to Moses, they say, will you tell us the one about creation again? And so they sit around the campfire and Moses says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the boys and girls go, wow, and their faces light up and they're reminded by how strong and powerful their God is and loving that he would create. And then Moses says, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. 
And the boys and girls look away from the, the campfire into the, the immense darkness of the desert beyond them. And they hear a, a desert animal cry and they get a shiver up their spine. Their faces scrunch up in fear. And they turn back to the fire. And Moses says, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. The first thing we see God doing in his creation is bringing light from the darkness. God saw the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, the darkness he called night and there was evening and there was morning the first day. It's one of the first things we learn about God, that he is the God who brings light into the darkness. I wonder if you've ever noticed as you read through Genesis 1 that it doesn't say there was morning and evening the first, second, third, fourth day. It says there was evening and morning. Because in the Hebrew mindset, the day went from darkness to light, darkness to light, darkness to night. And, sorry, light to darkness. And every day for the Hebrew man, woman, eight-year-old, was a reminder that God brings light out of the darkness, that he speaks and creation listens. That's what he does because that's who he is. God is light. There's a pagan Roman idea that made a day midnight to midnight. So don't underestimate how the culture around us can rob us of opportunities to worship. God is light. He brings light from the darkness. And I think perhaps for many of us, that description of God is, is hard to access. Maybe you're, you're new here at Norwest. Maybe you're still trying to work out who Jesus is. And perhaps you don't think of light when you think of God. If so, welcome. We love having you here. And I want to say you're in good company. Simonides was an ancient Greek poet in the 5th and 6th centuries BC. He certainly wasn't a Jew, didn't know the God of the Bible, so he was left to his own mind and his own logic to try and work out who God was. And one day he was summoned by King Hiero, who was a ruler in Syracuse, modern-day Italy, down the bottom of the boot near Sicily, or in Sicily. The story is told, Simonides, when being asked by King Hiero what God was, asked a day to consider. And when the king the next day repeated the question, he asked two days. And after repeatedly doubling the number of days at length, replied, the longer I consider, the darker the subject appears. For Simonides, as he thought about God from his own mindset, trying to work out who he is, I think that makes sense. Because maybe in your mind, if you've tried to work out who God is, if he exists, he's clearly powerful and in charge of things, and yet there's so much darkness and suffering in our world, and so how can this be a place where I find security? Surely God at best is a, a bully to cower before and hope he joins our team.
When we think of it like that, limited to our own understanding and trying to work out who God is, I stand with Simonides. It's hard to work out who God is and the, dark, and the subject seems darker. But we are not left to ourselves to work out who God is. In the Scriptures, God reveals Himself and in Genesis 1, we see that even though we don't understand everything about God, at the very core of His being, He brings light into the darkness. God is light. But the Bible doesn't leave it there. As God continues to reveal Himself, so reveal himself throughout the Scriptures, we see this more and more. I want us to think about the Son who is light. Jesus who walked among us. After Jesus, there was a man called Saul. And he didn't like Jesus. He, was, uh, he thought he was following the God of the light from the Old Testament. He was very religious, very devout. And because he thought Jesus was a phony, was an imposter, he wanted to persecute anyone who followed, Je- followed Jesus. In Acts 26, we see him retelling the story of how he, a man who railed against Christians, became to be one. On the screen, Acts 26, starting verse 13. About noon, King Agrippa, this is who Saul's speaking to, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, Why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And then I asked, who are you, Lord? Who is this bright, radiant light? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. The Lord replied. And he then gives Saul a mission to go to the nations. Verse 18 to go to the nations, to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. You see, to truly get security in this world, we don't just need deliverance from the darkness out there. We need forgiveness the darkness in here and then we receive a place among those who are sanctified those who are made clean through their faith in Christ fellow sinners whose dark deeds have been blown away by the one who in John 8 12 says I am the light of the world whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. And when we truly find Jesus, we get this. Uh, Geneva, whose uh, motto I mentioned before, uh, was their motto before, after the darkness, I hope for light. They changed their motto. They changed their motto during the Protestant Reformation in the 16th century, where Jesus was once again put in the centre And God's word was available for all to read for themselves. And they changed their motto to post tenebras lux. 
after the darkness, light. No longer a vague hope that perhaps it's going to be okay in the future, but a certainty that resting in Christ, light has come. It's ours. We can be secure. We can know that everything's going to be okay. Jesus is the light of the world and we have received everything in him. And so we can end our search for security amidst all the uncertainty of our world. I want to finish our time this evening by thinking about that phrase of Jesus from John 8, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. I want us to think about walking in the light, the walk that is light. Saul, uh, who changed his name to Paul, writes about this in Ephesians 5. As our New Testament reading from this evening, I encourage you to flick there with me. He says in verse 8, You were once darkness. Now just hear the language there. Not you dabbled in the darkness, not you, you did a few bad things, not you hung around the darkness, but you were darkness. That was your identity. That was my identity. You were darkness, not just out there, but in here. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. You are light in the Lord. Live or literally walk, it's the same word as John 8, as children of light. And this is where our security is found. The fact that in Christ, we are light. Because of our union with Christ, when we follow him, what's true for Christ is true for me. And so if Christ is light, then I am light. And you are light. You don't flick back between the darkness and the light as you live your life. You are light. That's who you are. Verse 11, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. And I think as we hear that verse, it's shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret. I think for most of us, if not for all of us, our minds turn to our secret sin. The things that we have done which we have kept to ourselves and not shared with anyone because we're ashamed of them. The things in our minds, the things in our deeds that are not, verse 9, goodness, righteousness and truth. Why do we hold on to these things? Why do we keep them secret? I was thinking about this this week, and I, I think perhaps it's because we're so tempted to find security in our reputation. And we want everyone to think of us with that, that squeaky clean Christian image, or if not the squeaky clean, at least the moderately clean. And so we hold on to our secret sins, even though we've been forgiven for them, we don't share them and 
walk that road with others. Because perhaps we're trying to find security somewhere else. And we're fearful that if people really knew who I was, they wouldn't be my friend. They wouldn't be my brother or sister. They wouldn't be my spouse. Verse 13, everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And that's, that's scary. That scares us because we don't want our dark secrets to be visible. We've done a pretty good job at hiding those things. We'd rather die, we think, than be exposed like that. But finish the verse. Everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is, as we expose our deeds of darkness in our community groups, in our trusted Christian friendships, the member of the staff team, as we expose those things, they become a light to others. And so we have those moments in community group when someone is brave enough to be vulnerable and share the sin that they're struggling with. And even though that is hard, the whole group actually benefits from that. The whole group is encouraged to walk in the light. The whole group is encouraged to be open. The whole group is encouraged to support one another. Everything that is illuminated becomes a light. And so can I just encourage you guys, walk in the light. In your friendships. Don't cling to that fake security of reputation. Walk in the light. In your families, walk in the light. In your marriages, walk in the light. Because as we walk in the light, we become a light to others. Now, there might be some of us here tonight who think, you know, there's something that I want to bring into the light, but I just don't know where to start. I'm not sure my friends are ready for that conversation. And if that's you, I want to encourage you to respond to this text, respond to what God's Spirit is working on at the moment. Can I encourage you to write on a welcome card, just your name and a phone number, and just write, there's something I want to bring into the light. And this week, someone from the staff team will be in touch to lovingly, carefully, and graciously walk in the light with you. Because your security is guaranteed. You have forgiveness of sins. You have a place among those who have been sanctified through faith in Jesus. So church, walk in the light. Walk in the light. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you that he truly is the light of the world. We thank you that we have forgiveness, that we have security. Nothing can take that away. Father, we pray that you would help us to live as children of the light. 
Help us to do that bravely. Help us to do that through tears. May we truly be your children.